0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Well, folks, uh, Esme Murphy with you until 9 o'clock. Uh, this half hour, we had expected to talk with uh, Titiana Jordan. Uh, of, she's the uh, CEO of an organization called BARC about internet addiction. Uh, the National Institute of Health uh, has a study that is focusing on that, and we were going to talk to her about Uh, that study and the ramifications for not just young people but also adults. And she is supposed to call us but has not yet done so. So we are still going to try and reach her and reach out to our producer and see if we can possibly uh, find her. But um, as of right now, it does not look like that interview is going to happen or it's certainly going to get a little bit of a late start. Uh, I do want to let you know that in the next half hour, um, we are going to chat with uh, the author of a book called The Lincoln Dell Cookbook uh, and the Lincoln Dell actually had – and I, I had forgotten this, that they actually had I think two restaurants, uh, more than, maybe more than two restaurants. But the one that I remember very well was uh, on Minnetonka Boulevard uh, in St. Louis Park because it's very close to where I, I live and it was just wonderful. And they had just, you know, a, a just a terrific uh, sense of community in there and just really wonderful food and, and that matzo ball soup was just absolutely wonderful. And the author um, of that uh, book is going to – and her family also mm-hmm. ran it. Uh, her They are going to be on and talk about uh, that restaurant and also the new book because it's got a lot of the recipes. So that sounds pretty awesome. Uh, so that is in our next – half hour, and then we also are going to have in the eight o'clock hour, uh, the one and only Professor David Schultz, as always, an awful lot to talk about with him. Uh, so right now, I think we're going to throw open the phones here, um, just, you know, on any topic you would like, if you'd like to just kind of weigh in on anything. Um, there are an awful lot of things going on right now in the world. And Uh, we can tell you the gophers are playing again. Oh, great. Kevin Reed telling us that um, the Gopher football game, which I imagine started at what? Uh, At 3 o'clock? They started at 2.30. They started at 2.30 today. Um, There was a – and they're playing in West Lafayette, Indiana, at Purdue. And there was a lightning delay that was substantial because uh, Kevin's telling us that they just started playing again. Uh, As I was coming in here and I was running a little late, uh, I heard Steve and Eric talking about that. So it looks like it was – at least an hour lightning delay, which obviously has to be done for the safety of the players and obviously the fans and, and all of the people working at that game. Uh, and it sounds as if, uh, the, the score had just, Purdue had just gone ahead. Mm-hmm. Kevin was telling me, uh, by a score of 16 to 14 with a field goal with right. just under 10 minutes left. So this is a game I know that they lost last week and I'm sure That the Gophers would like to get this one. (laughs) And they have kicked a field goal. Minnesota does now lead 17-16. to Ooh, all right. So So we will keep you updated on that as well. And uh, speaking of Coach P.J. Fleck, I want to let you know that the sports huddle, the one and only sports huddle, uh, 9.35 a.m., another big show. U of M Athletic Director Mark Coyle, a wild GM, Chuck Fletcher, Gopher uh, Coach P.J. Fleck. Plus, the newest member of Gopher Hoops, Isaiah Washington and Vikings head coach, Mike Zimmer. Well, that's a star-studded lineup, and I believe that the Vikings were not going to play until Monday night. And they are a hurting group right now (laughs) um, with a lot of injuries, so we can certainly um, hope for the best of that. But anyway, that is the Sports Huddle, uh, 9.35 a.m. tomorrow morning. Again, the guests – uh, U of M Athletics Director Mark Coyle, Wild, uh, GM Chuck Fletcher, Gopher Coach PJ Fleck, and also Vikings Head Coach Mike Zimmer. And then later tomorrow, uh, we will have, uh, Rashina Oshkamar will have her show, uh, starting at noon, uh, looking for solutions in the aftermath of Vegas. Rashini will talk safety and guns with the use of force expert Joe Dutton and gubernatorial candidate Rebecca Otto. And just, you know, with obviously the situation with, you know, the Vegas, uh, uh, a lot of talk of possible gun control. But one of the things that does seem to be gaining some traction is outlawing these bump kits that can help you convert a semi-automatic into basically it mimics an automatic. I guess it's not fully automatic, but it mimics it. And that's one of the things that occurred in this Las Vegas shooting uh and I want to ask you what you think about that so give us a call 651-989-9226 989 9226 these bump mecha- mechanisms that actually can help somebody convert a semi-automatic to an auto- what appears almost to be to mimic an automatic even some very conservative senators that are uh a- a- been, uh, uh, until now, steadfastly against new gun control measures, they're saying that they will support this. Uh, is that enough? Would you like to see more? Uh, one of the horrifying things about the Las Vegas shooting, and, and there are the, all of these things are, are, are horrifying, is how many people he was able to hit. Uh, there was more than 500, well over 500 who were wounded, and 58 dead. That means he hit six hundred people. Uh, granted, so, so some people were injured in, in the stampede to get out, but I mean, those are hundreds and hundreds of rounds. Is this something that that needs to be have have a cap on it? I, I don't see how there's any way of avoiding. The answer that I think seems logical is yes. So, uh, you can text us eight one eight zero seven. That's eight one eight zero seven or six five one. 989-9226. That's 651-989-9226. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we are still hoping to hear from the uh, expert on internet addiction, but so far she has not called in. Uh, but we will continue this discussion, though, about what kinds of, if any, maybe you feel nothing should be done, but should there be any kind of, uh, some kind of limits on guns or, or these these mechanisms these bumps that can be purchased and used to enhance a gun uh, so that it, it mimics the actions of an automatic weapon which are illegal in almost all cases all right folks uh, you're listening to news radio 830 WCCO. we're going to take a quick break it is 721 folks in the twin cities esme murphy with you until nine o'clock well we're talking about bump stocks which and i i don't quite, it's hard for me to imagine how these can work, but they basically can be used to convert a semi-automatic weapon into mimicking the actions of an automatic weapon. And even the NRA, even conservative, uh, you know, pro-gun legislators, uh, notably Senator John Cornyn from Texas, saying, we need to look at this. We need to take a look at this. And it, it was, the the gunman in this Las Vegas massacre was using those to allow him to to shoot fire more rounds. Uh, Barry from Minneapolis wants to weigh in. Barry, what are your thoughts? Well,
0: first off, I before I'll tell you my thoughts first, and then I'll tell you a couple of facts about the why the bump stocks are legal. And this whole conversation is it's not silly. Of course, it's not silly, but it 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 is in that the bump stock. Should have already been illegal. Uh, somebody should have figured it out, and and I'll tell you why it isn't illegal. Is it really is uh, not? Uh, it was kind of like nobody was really that interested in them that. Are that is really interested in guns? It doesn't. If you are a target shooter, well, yeah, or you're a hunter,
1: you're not going to. Yeah, exactly. If you're a sportsman, you're not hit your target, right?
0: And uh, and if you're a target shooter, you're not going to hit your target, including hunting. It's got nothing to do with hunting. And uh, what a briefly what it does is it forces you can only pull the trigger for so fast and this uses the gun's action to make your fingers stay on the trigger and just keep pulling it faster than you normally would be able to and so you know it's, it's it, i don't know anybody that's uh, uh defending them yet and and like i said it's kind of it's a real gimmick it's that's why it really hasn't gotten into the news until this time The other thing is uh, that that only helped him kill more people so much. It probably, you know, we're all all about this gun stock and this is going to fix things. And I don't know, I guess it'll make it feel good. But in reality, he could have killed just as many people without.
1: Really? I mean, well, in a very short amount of time, I mean, what happened was apparently the fire alarm went off. In his suite, he right. had a, an extensive suite, and then uh, I guess a security guy came to the door and he fired at him. But you're right. you're, he, you're claiming that that he could have shot just as many people without it? Okay, maybe
0: not just as many, but if almost as many or whatever. For example, a
1: uh, semi—I mean, a fully automatic gun. Uh, and I'm I think not, this I, thing lasted about ten minutes. Right, and, and that's you, when it, the guy knocked on the door. Yeah, I mean, so so, so I, I've seen a lot of people say. I mean, obviously, the toll if if he, they had not had them would have been devastating. And one death is too many. One death is yeah, too many. No, but no, but, but I mean, I've seen a lot of, and I I am. This is not my area of expertise, but I've seen an awful lot of people who who do know about weapons and do know about bump stocks who say that it definitely upped. The total, but Barry, I, I from sure. Minneapolis, I appreciate that phone call. Thank you so much. Right. Uh, let, let's go to Glenn in Hutchinson. Uh, Glenn, what are your thoughts about this topic?
0: Well, I I'm just calling. I, I I don't believe. I think like the past caller, it's kind of a gimmick. I don't think a outline it's going to really change a lot of these criminals. They're not reading the laws to start with before they go shooting people, and but i i I think cell phones probably kill more people on the roads than the well, pumps that.
1: yeah well, we're not we 're not talking about cell phones though glenn um, and again I, and I appreciate your call here um, but six five one nine eight nine nine two two six one eight six six nine eight nine nine two two six that is definitely a different topic, <laughs> and yes, distracted driving uh is a terrible problem, actually, I think distracted walking. It is a terrible problem. Um You know, if you go to downtown, if you go anywhere and look at people walking around, walking across the street, looking at their phones, that's a problem. And I, I agree with you on that. But I, I guess the issue is this particular mechanism, which can be used to enhance the number of rounds that are discharged – I think that that's just an obvious step. Even the NRA is saying we need to look at this, Uh and we certainly know where, where they stand. And I think you know when that first caller made the point that you know nobody really needs these or, or uses them. People who are gun enthusiasts and, and collectors, they're not. They're they're not saying, "Hey, this is just a fabulous edition," or "This is something that we need to have." So I just think that. um it i think it's interesting that after all of these mass shootings there finally seems to be some agreement that perhaps this one thing needs to be looked at would it have prevented the situation from in Las Vegas no might it have resulted in fewer ca- casualties possibly i mean one of the things that's so sad about this is that all of these people going out for a good time and they obviously had you know certain precautions in place but he was shooting from the air, basically. And it's, uh, I saw one person say it was like shooting fish in a bucket. And heartbreaking that, that all these people were out there just for a good time, just to have, you know, be at a concert, just to have some fun, uh, to enjoy, you know, a, a fun time at, in a fun place, in a fun town. And then to lose their lives like that is just her- horrifying. You know, the man from the Twin Cities, father of three, 44 years old. Uh, it's just, uh, unbelievable and I think um, it's certainly at least prompting a discussion that heretofore has not occurred um, after some of these horrible situations. Um, But it is something that I think a lot of people are looking at and I do think it's interesting that you've got people who until now have resisted any kind of limit on anything. That Some of those people are even saying, you know – it's time. We we need to look at least at this, and I, it sounds like if you have people like Senator John Cornyn from Texas saying bump stocks, you know he's a he's a hunter, he's a sportsman. He's saying we just don't need this. I think you're going to have an awful lot of other people looking at that as well. Well, listen, folks, uh, Esme Murphy with you until nine o'clock. Uh, I apologize. I know I said earlier in the show we were going to have uh, an expert. Uh, from an organization to talk about internet addiction. We're going to try and book that again at a later date because I do think that that's a really interesting conversation. Uh, some kind of communication mix up. We did not, we were not able to reach to Tanya Jordan, uh, the chief uh, officer, parenting officer of BARC, but we hopefully will get her on at a later date. Uh, coming up, we have got uh, Wendy Zelkin Rosenstein. Um, she is the author of the Lincoln Dell Cookbook. And uh, we're going to talk to her about – actually, I think it's Rosenstein. My apologies. We'll find out uh, when we get her on. Uh, her family owned the Lincoln Dell. And thank you to the texter who wrote me that the other Lincoln Dell was in Bloomington where Joe Sensor's restaurant is now. Uh, I had always gone – I remember when I first moved a long, long, long time ago, <laughs> I remember going uh, – on dates with my future husband to the Lincoln Dell in St. Louis Park and it was just it was just such such good kind of homey food it was just absolutely wonderful. Uh anyway, uh they have of uh, Wendy and Rosenstein has a book out uh, called the Lincoln Dell cookbook and it has not just recipes but all of these kind of fabulous pictures and menus and it just uh you know with the prices from back in the day of a couple of dollars and uh, it's just a neat little book. It's it's not just a cookbook, but it's also sort of uh, a slice of history. It's actually been uh, put out by the uh, Minnesota Historical Society Press, which does a great job putting out all kinds of uh, special books, including cookbooks. But I do think that this is um, – it's a neat book, and so I'm really looking forward to having her on. And then at 8 o'clock, as always, a lot to talk about with the one and only Professor David Schultz. So keep it right here. We're going to take a break for weather And then when we come back, we will be joined by the author of the Lincoln Dell Cookbook.
2: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
1: It is 734 in the Twin Cities. Uh, Esme Murphy with you until 9 o'clock. Coming up at 8 o'clock, David Schultz, always a lot to talk about with him. Certainly there is – today as well this evening as well but uh this half hour we are going to visit with the author of a new book uh, and you know I, I want to give a shout out to the Minnesota Historical Society press because I think they do a really really great job and they have uh, so many wonderful titles but this one's really fun um it, it the title of the book is the Lincoln Dell cookbook uh and it's best-loved recipes from the legendary bakery and deli but what what I think is cool about this is that it is more than a cookbook. It's also just sort of a slice of looking at what was really an institution and I um, uh, I um used to go to the one in St. Louis Park all the time. I just loved – I can even taste that fabulous matzo ball soup. Um, there was also a Lincoln Dell out in Bloomington. One of our listeners texted me uh, where the – I guess it was where the Joe Sensors was. But uh it really was just a wonderful place it has all these sort of old menus here which I, I love you know the uh uh the prices on it too are just you know fabulous the uh daily lunch special cl- cup of clam chowder barbecue beef on kaiser roll coleslaw 395 Uh love those kinds of prices but a, a fabulous old pictures as well uh so joining us right now is Wendy Zel- Zelkin uh Rosenstein uh and she is the author Uh, of this book. And uh, did I say your last name correctly? Rosenstein. Oh, Rosenstein. Sorry about that. Um, No problem. um, Thank you so much uh, for coming on. Uh, I I loved your restaurant. (laughs) Uh, Tell us about (laughs) how, I mean, and I think a lot of other people who are listening right now uh, have such fond memories of the restaurant. Uh, Tell us about your family and and how the, the restaurant started.
2: Well, the restaurant started a long time ago in North Minneapolis. In a partnership between my great grandfather Frank Berenberg and the Malinsky family, and, and it was called the Northside Bakery, and that's where uh, my great grandfather uh, became um, part of the community. And then he opened up his own Lincoln Bakery. Um, he named it after Honest Abe Lincoln. He wanted. A... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good. Wanted-
1: that's a good one.
2: Yes, he was very interested in everything American, Um, so he wanted something that he knew people would respect, and and that was honest, and so the Lincoln Dell became that way, the bakery, and then we moved to St. Louis Park and just had a deli takeout and bakery, and it just grew from there. Um it was uh truly a family family business. Okay.
1: So when was uh, on the north side when when would when did that happen? That was way back in was it the 30s? Or that was, was in the 30s, yeah. Right. that was
2: in the 30s. And um okay. and we used to supply a lot of um um other restaurants and um and cold shops, they called them kind of like little supermarkets, uh with bread. And it started there,
1: right. And you also had—I mean, I, I remember sort of the savory dishes as well. But you certainly also had fabulous desserts. <laughs> really, really, really fabulous desserts.
2: Yes, yes. It was definitely that place was was a place I grew up in. So I I started um, you know, serving them in the in the deli, and sometimes I uh, would help along with making party trays. They're always big meat party trays that we would have with rolled meat for every holiday. Um, it, it really was a little bit of everything. Right.
1: Well, the Lincoln Dell Cookbook, Best Loved Recipes, uh, from the legendary bakery in Delhi, uh, it's a new book, um, and is it pretty much available everywhere?
2: Yes, it is, but we are very lucky. We are on our second and into our third printing, so there's a little bit of a holdup a week or two for people that are ordering now. But uh, I have been planning some book signings, and uh, the books have to be there for that. So I'm sure it'll be on shelves very, very soon.
1: Well, Wendy, that's the kind of problem that's a good one to have.
2: Well, you know, I got really lucky. (laughs) A lot of people would ask every member of my family when we were opening it again. And when were we going to do this and that? And um, I decided to put the memories together and... I'm just really blessed that I knew that there would be a market there because everybody missed it so much and and I'm just so happy that uh, that I can uh, bring all of that back
1: right well I just as I said it was just really a, a great place to go to what um and I when I sort of set this up, I don't know if you heard, it's it's really much more than a cookbook. Yes, you've got all the fabulous re- recipes in here, but did you decide to do that? I mean, you must have, because it, it it's more like a window uh, into what was.
2: Yes, yes, most definitely. I um, began putting it together basically in memory of my grandparents, my Bubby, which means grandma in Yiddish, my Bubby Tessa just passed away. And um, I, I think it was a little bit of mourning, and I went through everything, And um, as you do, to celebrate someone's life. And um, I just kept going. It was about five years in the making. Um, it was very emotional, very emotional. I was lucky enough to have someone uh, work with me as a collaborator and co-author, Kit Naylor. And she was able to do the interviews where I honestly could not get through them. And I did want objective things from everyone as well. I wanted to hear the good and the bad. So she really was instrumental in that. And uh, a lot of people would email me once I did a shout-out that I was doing the book. And I got stories from... um going there after a wedding, the wedding couple, uh, ending up there in a blizzard. Um, incredible stories from everyone.
1: Right. And all of those are in the book. And obviously, yeah. you've had a, a great response there. And I know, and when was it that the, that the Dell closed? It was in 2000. We used
2: to have three of them. There was one on what used to be Highway 12 and Highway 100. Okay. um by the ambassador hotel way back when and that was the second one that was Lincoln Dell West okay. Lincoln Del East was the original you were talking about on Tanaka Boulevard um, and the third was the South Dell which was in
1: Bloomington on
2: 494
1: in France right and my husband just texted me the potato salad was the best <laughs> <laughs> you know i i mean it's it's you know it's pretty it's really a testament that people remember a restaurant that passionately i mean has it surprised you or is that sort of did you kind of know that and that's why you did the book
2: well um i kind of knew that because as i said everywhere we go people would say oh my god you're from the family why aren't you bringing it back why aren't so. you bringing it back Wendy?" <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know if i win the lottery yes nowadays it's, it's a little bit harder to do it right um But uh, it it was really, really a fantastic endeavor, and I was lucky that I had a lot of friends in the community. I grew up here. And, uh, you know, word of mouth and, oh my goodness, social media, once I put word out that I was going to do something on Facebook, and there's a Lincoln Del alumni site that on Facebook that somebody started, I did not. So, the audience was there already for me. I, I got really lucky.
1: And how did you find all of these? Uh, I mean, did you just kind of keep all of these old menus? I mean, I think that that's—it's so kind of cool to see the old menus with you know the prices at a dollar. And I mean, there exactly. Are, I mean, how did you happen to have that, or was there somebody who was a collector in the family, or how well, did that work?
2: Yeah, we had we had it in the family, but you know, the very first menu I saw on eBay and snapped it up, and and that's in the book.
1: Wow. You okay. know,
2: the very first one that we had in the fifties. So I, I found some that way. I always have a, a search going on on eBay and things like that for anything that comes up with Lincoln Dell. And half the time I get, I think, Lincoln Motors and Lincoln <laughs> cars. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I and friends, I would get an envelope in the mail uh, with a matchbook cover. They just heard I was collecting, and you know what, though? There are a lot of hoarders out there. I did not get as much stuff as I thought I would. I know we made egg, egg separators way back when. Somebody's got a nice set of those.
1: <laughs> An egg separator from the yeah. Lincoln Dell?
2: Uh-huh, yes. I was looking for anything that had the Dell logo on it.
1: Wow, okay, so folks, I mean, yeah. if you've got one of your one of Wendy's... Or the Lincoln Dells egg separators. She's looking for that. Um, <laughs> send me a picture. I'll send it back. Right. I promise. And I do, I, you know, very impressive, too, that your forward is by somebody who's pretty darn famous.
2: Yes, he is. Tom Friedman has been a wonderful family friend, and his mom worked for us, although he does admit, full disclosure, he worked at a different deli. <laughs>
1: But to Tom but Friedman, yeah, But of course yeah. the famous columnist uh, and journalist uh, from the New York Times. Listen, we have to take a quick break here, but uh, we'd like to continue going down. Uh, memory lane and talk about this wonderful, fun book, uh, with Wendy Zelkin Rosenstein. Uh, she is the author of the Lincoln Dell Cookbook. Her family was the one who founded the Dell and, and the restaurants. And it, it really is a, a look back at, at a wonderful, wonderful place that so many people loved. And you can remember it. And for those of you cooks, you can even kind of dip into one of these recipes. So more with her after this. You're listening to News Radio 830 WCCO. It is 748 in the Twin Cities. Esme Murphy chatting with Wendy Zelkin Rosenstein. Uh, Her family uh, was the family that ran for for generations uh, the famed Lincoln Dell restaurants. Uh, There were three of them. Uh, the one that I frequented was the one in St. Louis Park, and she has written a book called The Lincoln Dell Cookbook, which, as we've been discussing, is really much more than a book. It's really sort of a look at uh the institution of the Lincoln Dell. It's got all these sort of snapshots and cool pictures and old menus and, of course, recipes. Wendy, is there one recipe that you get asked about more than any other? The cabbage borscht. The cabbage borscht. Really? Yes.
2: Yes. Um, I also get asked about the chocolate cream pie.
1: I do remember Um, that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Let's see, what else? Um, The corned beef hash, the omelets, um, I don't know, I think I could go on and on. You have no idea how many people... Uh, seem to be eating together and ordering the
1: same thing, <laughs> right? Well, and I like the book because the the book's a really fun book, you know, with great pictures, and I just like the design of it. Um, and I like the fact that you've got the two indexes. Uh you've got the recipe index, and then you've got the subject index, yeah. which I think was yeah. just a really, really great way to do it because this really is more than a cookbook. Mm-hmm. I was saying earlier that my husband texted me about the potato salad. Uh, that he loved, and sure enough, you got the potato salad recipe there. Uh, what? Um, and you said that that actually there have been so you know, so so much demand that they're into a second printing, which is a good problem to have. Um, so right now there might be a little bit of wa- a wait. You were saying,
2: yes, in some places um, it says it's temporarily
1: out of stock,
2: um, but but they are uh, refilling very very quickly.
1: All right. And um, are you having any events, um, Um, signing events? Because I'm I'm sure people would love to visit and talk to you about it.
2: Yeah. Well, definitely I'm having one on November. I believe it's the 18th. It's a Saturday. And it's at the um, Barnes & Noble in Calhoun Village, right by Lake Calhoun.
1: Okay, absolutely. I know that Barnes & Noble well. Um, In terms of um, organizing this book and putting it together, you actually said that that it took you five years?
2: It did. It did. I I wanted to gather everything I possibly could, Um, and a lot of things were in the original form. I had the baker's cards and the prep chef's cards. When I took them out of the envelope, um, flower kind of shifted off of them. Um, <laughs> They're very delicate. They had a lot of things that were written on them. And I really wish, uh, my first wish was to just print them like that and have a conversion chart for anybody that wanted to, you know, take a dig at it. Um, I just thought that the cards really, really showed the the memories and the feeling. And I really wanted it to um, be all about um, certainly the journey I took in my life being born into it. And um, but, you know, everybody was saying, well, they're going to want to make things and let's make it a little easy. So it took a long time to take, you know, mass quantity recipes and, and you know, tweak them just right to make them for
1: home use as well. Oh, interesting, um, because you were saying, in fact, I was looking at the potato salad recipe, um, it's, you said it's just done for the home cook. So did you have to actually go and test the recipes again?
2: Yes. yes. Wow. We had to definitely find ingredients that, um, you know, back then it was all in bulk. Uh, we tried to save costs wherever we could, um, shortening, for instance, was used instead of butter, and um, when I tested the recipes, it was crucial that uh, the close friends of mine that also tested with me, that we had the same taste memory. We wanted to say, oh yeah, Ah. that's what it tasted like. So when I made the blueberry muffins, I did it with the shortening, and um, it did have the exact same taste memory, but then, you know, nowadays, I'm thinking, well, you know what would make it taste even better? Let's use butter. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And so, you know, I have a friendly and fun disclaimer on there saying, you know, we're doing the best we can, but we're bringing down the recipes um, from the exact ingredients or replacements of. um, And then, you know, there's going to be little comments on there saying, why don't you try it this way? Why don't you try it that way? It's all about fun. I, I'm not a professional
1: chef, um, and I don't play one on TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, and let me ask you, you, you said, you know, the taste memory. Were there, was there ever an occasion when you were trying to get sort of like the, the home recipe done and, and there was disagreement amongst the tasters saying, well, I don't think we've got this right? Or did were oh, people pretty sure. much on the same? Oh, okay. sure. Um,
2: you know, and there was also times when, We were baking something, and, you know, and a bread wouldn't rise. And I thought, oh, my God, I have to just, you know, forget about doing this at all. If I can't get a bread to rise, you know, what am I going to do? And my grandfather is probably looking down at me going, oh, my gosh, how could you not rise a bread? You're my granddaughter. But, you know, as things go on, and, and it's true, when you cook something, It depends on the cook. It depends on the oven. Uh, Something that I try in Minneapolis is not going to work for my dad in Denver. Um, And ingredients are, are varied and some are older. Have they been sitting in your pantry for a couple of years? You know, so many different variables go into all of these recipes. But the one thing I wanted to try and duplicate the most was the taste memory that I knew all of the customers would have. Of what we uh, did produce. Okay.
1: When well, we've actually gotten um, a call here about how people should contact you. Um, did you mention that there's a Facebook page or, well, you know, we don't want to- Yes,
2: there is. Okay. Um, people can join the Lincoln Dell Alumni Facebook page. Um, they can also um, contact me through the Minnesota Historical Society, my publisher.
1: Okay. And, Mis- yeah. Uh, Minnesota Historical Society Press. So reach out to them and say you've got something for uh Wendy Rosenstein and and they can reach out to you, but also the alumni Facebook page, that's something where they could get a message to you?
2: Yes, yes. And what's great about that is that there are so many members that when somebody leaves a message, there's always someone that wants to comment.
1: <laughs> All right. Well that that's that, that's pretty cool. And and as I said, they do a really I mean the Minnesota Historical Society Press really does a great job. I mean, this book looks different. It's got a different feel to it than than all the others. I mean, it's just, it just you, you have to be very happy with the way it turned I, out.
2: I really got lucky. I brought it to them and they had lots of people sitting around the table giggling. So it was a project that everyone was enthusiastic about from the start. And, and they've been incredible supporters and in helping with the marketing. And, you know, it's a quality product. I, I got it, very lucky. Yeah,
1: it's 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 just it's it's unique looking as was the the Lincoln Dell and it's it's just very cool. It's a very very cool book and I'm sure folks while well, uh, I guess supplies are running low right now, there's a second printing coming so you can get it. Well, Wendy, um Exactly. Well, before
2: the holidays. That's w- my from. This
1: would be a fun book for the holidays, a wonderful gift. Um Wendy Zelkin Rosenstein, uh thank you so much. A uh, great job on this. It really brings back a lot of memories.
2: Thanks,
1: Esme. That was my goal. Okay. Well, take care, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much. Very, very cool and very, very fun book. And really, they did a, a beautiful job putting this together. It's a, a lovely book with with all the great recipes, if you care to make them, uh, from the Lincoln Dell. I love the stories of like having different taste memories of all these great recipes. Well, listen, folks, uh, Esme Murphy with you until 9 o'clock. want to let you know that uh, coming up, the one and only Professor David Schultz. So you got to keep it here, folks. A lot going on in the world, as always. News Radio 830 WCCO. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for
0: $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.